we went to lunch yesterday, me and Daniel Begno and Wes Smith, and uh, there was a group of guys sitting like at a corner table, and one of the guys in the group had the wireless earbuds in the whole time. And I felt like old man Hollier because I looked and I thought, that's the rudest, like it made me mad. That's the rudest thing I've ever seen. I wanted to go over there and say something to What's them. weird is that it was by himself. And it's <laughs> like, wow, come on, Jared, lay off of him. <laughs> no, he was with a group and had the earbuds in the whole time. I thought, that's just, even if you're not listening to anything, just to sit there with a group of friends and have earbuds in, that's just rude, isn't it? Well, you're sitting with your friend now. Well, acquaintance, <laughs> podcast recording friend, uh. But I'm listening to your voice. That is true, my, my headphones. My voice. So, mate, you know what? You want Maybe. my voice even closer to you, so you put some earbuds in. <laughs> I feel bad now. Maybe he has some kind of a, a hearing deficiency, <laughs> and those were his. Uh, he's got yeah, an app. That's right. Damn, I feel bad now. I should go track him down and apologize. That was my friend, Johnny. Couldn't come up with the last name. Johnny quick No enough. Ears. That's what we Johnny call No him. Ears. <laughs> The, Not to be confused with Johnny Weir, the skater. <laughs> what if we gave all our friends like mafia nicknames? Oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's Jimmy Missions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, Jimmy Missions. <laughs> Real creative on that one. Well, they got to be, we're a Christian mafia. Yeah, they got to be good. Or what the, the, on, on, uh, on Goodfellas, who was the guy that, was it Tommy two times? Because he says everything two times. You know, they're painting around the bar on Goodfellas. Yeah, and they, hey, yeah. how you doing? How you doing? And I think yeah. they called him Tommy two times. It's good stuff. What hey, what about uh, Jason Hardy, First Baptist Lobe? What about him? I don't know. What what name could we give that uh, guy? Uh, Jason Beardface. Jason Beardface. It's a pretty awesome <laughs> beard that Jason Hardy has. It really is. On. Hey, we just tried to drop some uh, shout outs to faithful listeners from time to time. Jason. You, Jason you, and bro. Lori. Yeah. We, we see you, Lori. Yeah, sorry. Guess I'm sexist now. Is that what that was? Yeah, well, Jared's trying to pin me into a corner. Did you hear that? Uh, was like, you know, old, old, oh, also yeah. his wife. Oh, Rusty hates girls. You know, <laughs> that's what they call it. Let's just start this episode. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to One Hour a Week, a 30 minute ministry podcast. I'm Jared Hollier. He is Rusty Mott. Happy day, everyone. I always want to try to say a day, but we're recording this on a different day than it will air. And, and I think we record on a different day every time. It is true, yeah. It's not like it's always Mondays, always Tuesdays. <laughs> Sometimes it's the middle of the night via FaceTime. It's just crazy. What day did we record last week? Was it a Thursday? Maybe. Yeah. I believe so. It was a Thursday. And we're recording this one on a Monday. Yeah. So, Oh, did I tip our hand? Should we not? Yep. No, it's just not a Monday today. Today is Tuesday. So, oh, it is. T- <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what are we talking about today, Jerry? I wasn't in the office yesterday, so I'm a. This is. I'm a day off. Solid start. Well, solid it, start. It feels like a Monday. Hey, do you remember that podcast where they spent two minutes talking about what day it is, even though it's a podcast that releases on an arbitrary day? It feels like a Monday. It does. Monday has a feel. Actually, feels like today. Friday has a feel. Tuesday. Tuesday has no feel. You're not a Seinfeld guy, or you would know what I'm doing right now. I love bits. Shout out to the listeners who get the Seinfeld reference. Let us know if you get the Seinfeld reference. Tweet at us and Rusty and let him know that he's behind on the Seinfeld references. Hey, today we are going to talk about uh, something we don't we don't exactly agree on. I've been waiting all week to disagree with you. This is just, <laughs> this is literally the most excited I've been to record a podcast in a and long we, time. And we intentionally haven't prepared and haven't talked about it because we wanted to uh, to be recording 
our disagreement, the conversation. I, I wanted so, I wanted all of our listeners to get to hear you say, Rusty, you're right. Just I'm wrong. <laughs> hear me <laughs> repent in real time. Just gets on his knees right here. And I'm so, going to do commentary the whole time. So the topic of discussion today is going to be uh, online church, broadcasting, live streaming, live feeds, Facebook live videos, however uh, however you do it. Um, like I said, we haven't done a whole lot of prep or pre-conversation about this because we're just, we realized, in fact, last week we were recording and the topic came up in conversation and we both said, wait, let's save that for our next episode. That's right. So that's, that's where we're at. So we're going to have the conversation and uh, I think it's good for us to have because we're we're the first generation that, well, maybe not the first generation. I mean, you think televangelists and that kind of thing in a previous generation, do you think they were having similar discussions like, oh, should we even put church on TV? Or maybe. Are we just having like uh, you, a, think, you think though, but our generation primarily when you start talking about multi-site, when you start talking about Craig Groeschel, Life Church TV, and churches that almost are just doing entirely online. So we we are definitely going to have to reckon with this. I mentioned to you, Kerry Newhoff, who mm-hmm. some of you may be familiar with. He has a leadership podcast. I'm not a faithful listener, but I think like I had liked his Facebook thing. Mm-hmm. So it just throws up stuff constantly on my newsfeed. And That's he, right. Kerry Newhoff throws up constantly. He con- throws up Rusty's constantly Facebook. on my newsfeed. It's crazy. Must have a drinking problem. <laughs> just kidding. If if you're listening, Kerry. Uh, all right. <laughs> Should I edit that out? No, leave just it. Leave it no, in? just go. But Perry Noble, so I think Perry Noble now. Too has, soon, because he legitimately did have a drinking problem. But. Right, but, yeah, speaking of drinking <laughs> yeah. but I think he's, like, he started a new church, but they have no facilities, right? That's right, like, he's, he's just in, doing he's it totally on totally embraced it. It's yeah. all online. So what Kerry Newhoff was saying, back to that, is one of the articles, he, he does this every year, and I think it's a good thing for pastors to kind of listen to some people who are out front a little bit, who are saying, here are some things that I think we're going to see in this year. So this is early January, and it's like some trends that I think we're going to see get bigger in 2018 that the church needs to think about. And he is a little bit more on the side of, hey, online church is here to stay, and if you're not going to do anything about it, then you're just going to be missing out. Uh, But he said something in that article that whether you agree with all of his thoughts or not, he said this is going to be an issue that this generation of ministry leaders is going to have to sort through. Whether you like it or not, for good or better or worse, we're going to have to have these kind of conversations. We're going to have to think about things. Chances are, in 30 years, we may go back and listen to this episode and laugh, yeah. thinking, oh my goodness, if we, we only knew yeah. what was coming. Because technology is advancing that quick. I mean, even what we're doing right now, we're talking on a microphone and we're going to send this out over the internet and there will be seven or eight people who are going to listen to this who aren't in the room with us right now. I'm making a joke about our low listenership, but there will be a handful of people and, you know, who will just be listening and it's just like they're sitting with us. This is just all because of technology. Yeah. We're able to embrace it and use it to get the word out. There, so to, uh, to illustrate that, there was briefly a, a satellite radio station where they were broadcasting Billy Graham's sermons from like the 40s and 50s. We're sitting in my church with some equipment that, you know, $200 worth of equipment maybe. Yeah. And the quality of just the quality of the recording is infinitely times better than what Billy Graham had in Madison Square Garden in 1955. Yeah. I mean exactly. that was that was the best of the best, the highest grade exactly. just 50 years ago, which sounds like a long time but really it's not. So So things are as accessible as they've ever been. So let's just start with talking about reality and uh, then I think what will be good for us I'm 
this is our show notes planning meeting right now since we didn't talk about this before. Let's kind of talk about just reality where we're at, and then we'll talk about where we disagree, but then let's end with where we agree because right. we agree on more than we disagree on uh, in this conversation. We actually hate each other in real life, but... Uh, ugh. He's the worst. I'll actually say this. I was thinking about this driving over. We are a rare relationship that if, since you called it a marriage last week and it got <laughs> uncomfortable, um, you know, a lot of people I think are better friends and have more connection online than they do in person. Uh-huh. Like, I think we kind of hate each other on social media to a large extent. <laughs> Would you, you agree were thinking that? about that because of our CrossFit no, shots? No, not, we not just because of picking on each other. Yeah. But like when we get together, we'll be like, yeah, I saw that post. What would you, what, yeah, what was that, man? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we bust each other's chops for sure. And it's like, it's kind of, we, we have a, a better friendship, which I think is a good thing, which is going to kind of play right into this discussion. So uh, let's just talk reality of technology today and I, I don't want to dominate this conversation I'm going to try to do this very quickly so jump in if you need to and say hey shut up and let me talk but the internet is here to stay <laughs> great and, point yeah great insight you. to start I just wanted to open up with that but churches are able to harness that and yeah. you have churches like Cornerstone that is a church of about 300 active members and even before I got there, when it was a church of about 125, 150 active members, they legitimately were already live streaming. It, it is something that for 50 bucks a month back then, they could make happen. They just needed a camera and an internet connection. Right. And they are live streaming their services. And you look now, uh, Cornerstone was kind of on the cutting edge of that. Again, that's not me trying to brag. That was before I got there. They had a lady helping with tech who was just far superior uh, to most of the folks in Southeast Texas and churches that size. So if you went to our website and looked at us back then, it was like, wow, look at this mega church. And then yeah. you show up and it's like, oh, it's kind of a church like ours, <laughs> right? Uh, so because of that, though, our churches in the tech field growing too, that the people in your pews know a lot about technology. We've been able to move the ball down the field in the church as it pertains to technology, some really serious ways. So this is a relevant conversation. Even if you're thinking I'm a Sunday school teacher, or I'm a youth pastor at a small church, or I'm a pastor of a small church, there are tiny churches. In fact, somebody sponsored it, I guess, this little church. I don't even know what it's called, but it's like an old man and his wife and maybe four or five people in their basement. That bad boy is live streaming and it's showing up on my newsfeed because they've paid to push it and sponsor it. So it doesn't matter what size church you are. Live feeding is accessible and as possible as it's ever been. And most of us consume the majority of our TV, entertainment, uh, even connections, like we're talking about relationships, a lot of that's online. So if you want to speak to that, how, how do we, the vast majority of what we consume in our world and in our culture today is online, right? Right. So, but the question I would ask is just because we can do something, does that mean we should do it? Um, personally, so I'll take it kind of a different technological direction and then loop back around. Online giving, a lot of churches are going that way. It might be safe to say that most churches these days have the online giving option. Um Personally, I'm not a fan of online giving uh, because, and this is a personal conviction, so please don't hear my you know, description as a prescription. I think we did that last week too. Um, for me, I would sit down once a month and I would pay my electric bill through my bank and I would pay my water bill and I would pay our car note and I would make out our tithe check and I would make out our insurance check. And for me, it became like I could do it through my bank. I could give online. You know, some places have you go give through PayPal on their church website or whatever. 
but it took the worship out of it. it. I was being obedient, but I wasn't doing it as an act of worship. And so I did it for a couple months and I just kind of came to this point where I realized I, I don't like doing it this way. I think it needs to be different. And so just because we can do it, does that mean we should do it? There, there are other people who stream, you know, you could watch a baseball game online. You can watch a funny video online. You can watch, you know, people falling off their bicycles. You can watch marriage proposals. You can watch church. You can watch, like, should we embrace culture to the point where, well, this is what everybody's doing. This is an easy way to get out there. So let's just go ahead and do it. And for me, I think the answer, I, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of, of streaming. I'm not going to hold it against you if you do. I'm not saying Cornerstone's wrong for doing it. But my personal conviction is I think church should feel different. I think the, that the church is a called out people who gathers together. And I don't want to give people the opportunity to watch a live feed of our worship services from home and go, I went to church or I'm a member of Cornerstone or I'm a member of Pecan Acres because I watched their, their live feed online. Now I understand there are special circumstances, you know, people get sick, people can't come to church and there's, there's different things, um, you know, different arguments that can be made. Well, we do it for these people. We do it for these people. Like I understand that aspect of it, but I don't want that to become the norm. I don't think church should be the norm. I think, I think it's important for us to carve out a couple hours on Sunday where we wake up early, we put on our nice clothes, we go to church with the family of believers. We, we sing songs, because don't tell me people were watching your worship service at home and standing when you say stand and sitting when you say sit and singing out loud. And if you are, don't tweet at me, whatever. But I, I think it should be different. I think just because that's what everybody's doing and that's the way the culture's moving, like maybe this is one place we should be willing to be countercultural. Yeah, and let me just say that I don't want this to get painted in this way. So uh, we were we jumped right into disagreement there, which is fine because we, we, we have plenty of time to kind of, move the ball down the field on this and we'll get to where we agree um, a little bit more even though I want to just say from the onset that I believe the norm should be just like you said the word ecclesia which is the word that is used to represent the church before it was used to represent the church it's always meant assembly which implies gathering together so if you're not gathering together which I've always pushed back against people who say don't just go to to church, be the church, which is something I've said and used, and, and yes and amen, when we leave here, we take the church with us, but at the same time, if you're never gathering together, you're not the yeah, church. Don't just be church, the church, go to yes, church. Church literally means assembly, yeah. so uh, I, I am all for that and believe in that, but I'm also for embracing technology to be able to reach those, like you said earlier, who are not able to come. Uh, we, we are a church with a lot of young families. In fact, my family, I guess, falls into that realm of young families. We've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and this fall just kicked their behinds in terms of sickness. My wife, who is the pastor's wife, and my kids, the pastor's kids, probably made church about once a month Mm -hmm. for two or three months there in the fall. And for her to still be able to set that time aside, even though she's got a puking kid or a snotty kid or a sick kid, a flu kid, right? Uh, To be able to literally turn on the TV and watch our service and participate in some way. Is it the same? No. Is it supposed to be the same? No, we're not trying to create that experience the exact same. But to be able to have heard the sermon and continue to be engaged with what the rest of the church is engaged in, to hear that message that God has given the pastor or the elders to be able to proclaim to the body that week, to still be able to get that word and have that word. So I'll just say at Cornerstone, we very specifically tell people, in fact, 
three or four weeks ago, I looked at the camera, which is not, you know, it's, we don't have a nice enough system that and you smiled and held up a Bible yeah, and says, I so, am what it says I, I am. Our camera is like, you've been in our building. It's in the very back and it's not a big fancy camera. So I, by looking in the camera, I looked that general direction. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I just said, Hey, if you're watching, we're so thankful that you're able to watch today and this is great. And I know a lot of you have sick kiddos, a lot of you doctors, your older folks, our doctor, your doctor has said, stay home. Fantastic. But this should not replace you wanting to be a part of the local body. You need to come to church when you can. You need to be here because there's something special that happens here. So I'm, we're kind of putting card before the horse because at the end, I want to just get to back to that to say, we agree that this is how it should yes. be. But where I think we do disagree is just making that available for those who otherwise might not be able to be connected and for those who are looking to get connected who aren't connected yet. Statistics will show now that the majority of people who will come to your church have checked your church out to a great extent before they even walk in the door for the first time. You know, used to, they said stuff about churches like uh, the first five minutes of their visit, they've decided if they're going to come back or not. Mm -hmm. Have you heard that? That's kind of scary. So it's like from the moment they walk into the parking lot, uh, you need to start making preparations, that kind of thing. Uh, which, you know, we don't really, we're, we don't go all, go all out at Cornerstone. And I know here at Pecan Acres, we're, we're not big churches, so we don't have like a right, parking like a lot parking, team yeah. meeting you with fresh baked brownies when mm-hmm. you step out of the car and all that. But I wish we did. But I promise you what they're doing is if they're considering visiting your church, they're kind of checking out your social media presence. They're trying to check out if you have a website um, and which is what makes social media important, which is what Jared and I are going to be talking about at the Ignite Conference cool. for the Sabine Natchez Baptist area here Plug. in a couple of weeks. Uh, really looking forward to that. Got some more information to share with you here in the coming weeks as that gets a little bit closer. But because that's important, your first impressions are often made online and in those settings. So for us, the live feed is a way for people to say, hey, this is kind of a snapshot of what our church looks like. So uh, go back and watch. And we, uh, Matthew, our associate pastor, he watches the service, or watches the sermon again every week because he said, you know, God's given you that sermon so we can dwell on it all week. So I want to I wanna watch it again in the middle of the week just to remind myself of those truths. So the live feed has been a really good thing for us in that it's reached some people that we otherwise would not have reached who now are a part of the gathered body, but they started just seeing it on their newsfeed on Facebook. And I think but now they're here. So two things here. Obviously, Rusty and I are in, you know, even the two of us are in different settings. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if I was pastoring somewhere in Dallas or Frisco or Houston, or I would probably have a different perspective. And so I, I've taken the position that I am just based on my experience in the churches that I've served and, and where I am now. Um, and so, again, this is my opinion. I'm not saying this is right or wrong. It's just where we're at. So, uh, But also, I think that's good that you're willing to look in the camera and say, hey, if you're at home watching, don't stay at home watching. Like, make it a point to come and be with if us. If you because, can, which you always have to qualify because there sure. are those four or five watching who, who are just literally can't. homebound. But there are you know. some people, you know, I think about on Sunday afternoons, you know, go back to the office, open Facebook, start scrolling through or whatever, and you'll see pictures of people with their feet up, coffee in hand, laptop open, and they say things like, I'm so glad I got to go to church but you didn't. My opinion, I think biblically, you didn't go to church. You didn't go to the gathering of the church body. So I understand why you would do it. Um, and I think those are all good and noble and admirable reasons. But yeah, let's not. So, so what do we do with places like lifechurch.tv or the Perry Noble 
ministry where they where they've just embraced it. They're like, you know what, people are going to do this. Let's let them do it. Let's yeah. not try and get them yeah. involved. You're and right. They're just all in on the online. Well, let let me let me come back to that. This is going to be two weeks in a row that I did this, <laughs> so hold me to answering that. But let me just say that I agree with you. One of the greatest dangers of the live feed is the fact that there are going to be people who will take advantage of that, who on a day where they're just not feeling it can stay home because the live feed is there. And we have had to basically consider and think about risk versus reward. If you put it that way, that sounds real generic and almost very unspiritual, but is it worth reaching those that we're able to reach who need it Mm -hmm. to also have that handful of people who probably just take advantage of it because they want to be, uh, skipping half the time, yeah. you know, I mean, but so, you miss out so you the- have to evaluate that. And, and to your point, the context you're in that matters. Yeah. Like, like you would, you, you know, some of you guys that are listening and some of you ladies listening would know your church well enough to know that the vast majority of people who would be using that are people who would kind of guilt-free skip church 90% of the time and take that as their church experience. Where again, like I think in a church like ours with a lot of young families and a lot of, even a lot of older people. And just the fact that we really are at this point. So we're, I don't want to shift away from where we're going there. So. That's all right. It's our podcast. We can do what we want. Yeah. I just can't help but think about the frequency issue that I texted you guys about how the average church member now, yeah. you know, Matt said this in our other podcast the other day. He's like, uh, brought up Tom Rainer's thing that mm-hmm. you used to go three times a week and that was a committed church member. Now it's three times a month. Yeah. And you've probably seen that, especially in our generation. That's just life now. So how do we engage them on a more consistent basis if the reality is they're only gonna come three times a month? And that's including your Wednesday night and things like that. So they're going to show up maybe. And I've just looked at that at Cornerstone. We're about a twice a month church for a bunch of the people that are my age and your age. You're looking at about two Sundays a month that you're actually going to get them there in your church. So how do you reach them those other two? How do you work to engage them all the time, even if they're not going to be there the whole time? you and I both want them to get to our church every Sunday. (laughs) Like that's my desire and it's frustrating. And there are times where I I could just get up and rail on that and preach on that and tweet on that and Facebook on that. But what's it going to do at the end of the day? It's probably going to push them further away or they'll go to a church where they can just show up once a month and lights and smoke are great. And you know, my my knee jerk reaction and I don't, I haven't decided if this is, yeah, Yeah. let them, you know, in fact, so, a couple of weeks ago here at Pecan Acres, where we're recording today, uh, we, we've had some stuff going on in our student ministry that kind of came to a head and needed to be addressed, not just by Shayla, our, our youth director, but, um, but me, you know, as one of the pastors here, they needed to hear it. And so we called them all together and, and I told them that. I said, look, when you come here, here's the things we value in our student ministry. Here's the things you can expect when you come here. And if that's not what you want to do, there's other churches in Vider that you can go to. And I wasn't being mean, and I told him, I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to kick you out. I'm saying, here's our expectations. Here's what you can expect when you come here. Like, that's what we do. And if, you will, if that's not okay, if that's not how, then go somewhere else and, and, you know, be useful in that church family. So I would say the same thing. Like, here's what we expect from our church family. And, and I know that sounds mean, and I don't mean for it to sound mean because we want people to be involved and blessed and serving in our church family. 
But if you're not interested in doing what we're doing and what we're about, I mean, there's other options. Yeah. I, I guess my pushback on that is just in five years of ministry now, I've seen people who have gone from twice a month to, to not at all, to not at all yeah. when pushed too hard. But I've also seen the opposite. I've seen people who, when we tried to show as much grace as we could and just were bearing with them, teaching, teaching the word, mm-hmm. hey, you know, that continue not lowering the expectations, letting them know what they are, yet also loving them and showing them grace in the midst of that. I've seen people go from twice a month to very dedicated disciples of Jesus. And so I, I guess I feel I, like I don't I'm the wanna, bad guy on this episode. I no. can just I can just hear all the listeners going, "Man, Jared is really." I out don't of think touch. so because truthfully, the vast majority of our listeners probably don't live feed and don't yeah. do. A, so I'm really I'm I know that our church is a little unique for Southeast mm-hmm. Texas in this regard, and I'm okay with us disagreeing on it to yeah. be honest. Because uh, let's kind of as we time on, is getting on, a little you, short, you were gonna. You said, let's circle back to the that's, all online. That's what I wanted to, that's that. what I wanted to do because time is drawing no, near and uh, time is drawing I, I near. do like that the day of the Lord is at hand, but <laughs> I do like that two weeks in a row, I've been like, okay, I'll answer your question in a minute. And yeah. then 10 minutes later, oh, oh by the way, what you asked, um, because this is what we agree on. So we kind of have talked for a while about what we disagree on, uh, but I want to talk about what we agree on. And that is the fact that the church must gather. Yeah. So, Yes, online church is not really to me those things don't go hand in hand. You can't have an online church. I don't I don't agree with that. But one of the services and ministries of your church can be providing that experience online for those who need it. Um, I like the way you put that. Some are going to take advantage of that, and that's something we're going to have to let the Lord deal with them and try to encourage them not to do that. Taking advantage of it in a negative way is what I mean. Um, but. Yeah, you, you cannot be gathering together online. I just don't agree with that. And again, I don't know what culture is going to look like in 50 to 100 years. Yeah. Someone might listen to this episode and could be like, can you believe those guys? I don't know what the norms are going to be. It's just a very strange thing. But there is something that happens when the people of God gather together physically and spiritually and emotionally in the same room to seek Jesus together that is exclusive to what happens when we come together. That's what makes the ecclesia the ecclesia. And not just the gathering for our benefit and not just the gathering so that you feel like you worship with people, but let's not disregard the spiritual gifts conversation. Um, It says, Paul writes that spiritual gifts are given for the common good. And if you never show up, whatever your gifts are, you're not able to use them in your church body. So we need people with a variety of gifts to come to the gathering and use those gifts because we need you to be here, not just to be blessed by us, but you're a blessing to your church family when you're there serving, exercising your gifts, uh, doing what God has put you in that place to do. And so if too many people take advantage too often of the online stuff and they stop coming together, our church body is going to be deficient. There's going to be things we can't do because we don't have the people with those gifts here to do them. And so it's not just that we want you here, but as a body, we need you here. That's right. Well, I think what some of these online churches try to do is set up kind of like a church farmville where you can share your gifts with others and it works. He didn't like that joke. He didn't like that joke at all. (laughs) Did you hear his? Yeah. Good one. (laughs) Yeah. You're hilarious. So, you know, this is, it is us in this generation. We're going to have to figure it out and we'll wrestle through it. And that's kind of what we've done. And our opinions very well may change. Yeah. 
So you, you watch two years from now, I'm going to be pastoring at an online church. <laughs> you're going to be like, I hear oh. it's me, Pastor Ch- Pastor Chalier. I don't know why. Pastor Chalier. I had to your change. Name. My, that was my that's my uh, online user online pastor name. Username. Yeah. Pastor Chalier. Um, uh, church online Hallier. Chalier. That's right. Chalier. Uh, well, let let me just kind of say this, and I think you would agree on this. What we don't want to do at the same time. It's okay for us to tap the brakes and throw up a yellow light when we look at new technology yeah. and how we engage in it in the church. You do need to critically think about how you use these tools, whether you end up on the side that I'm on or on the side Jared's on. You and need to have a critical framework for how you've arrived there. And we'll probably both drift back toward the middle yeah. and meet up at some point. Certainly. And, but, but I also want to say while it's healthy to do that, we also want to embrace and harness the technology that God has given us for yeah. the advancement of the gospel. I, I don't want to uh, steal some of our thunder for next month at the Ignite conference, but this is something I've already kind of planned to use as an introductory type of statement, is the fact that the scrolls in the early church, the passing around of scrolls and disseminating of information in the most up-to-date technological way they possibly could, how would Paul have utilized Facebook in the early church? Oh, man. How would Paul have utilized Twitter and email and those kind of things? Uh, how many more letters would he have written if he could have just been sitting there punching them out on a laptop? Taking a selfie uh, at Mars Hill. God knows what he was doing. There's no doubt about that. And, but what I, what I would say is that at the given time that the absolute most up-to-date technology that was available to the early church was used and harnessed for the advancement of the gospel, and I think we have that same charge. Uh, even if it is a worldly thing that has been created in the internet for all of its troubles, at the same time, we would do well to realize God has put us here and given us these skills and given us this great tool for the advancement of the gospel. So just like they were passing around a scroll, let's use social media and all of this great technology for the advancement of the gospel. We've mentioned a couple times that we'll be talking at the Ignite Conference. Rusty and I are doing a a, a breakout session on social media. Is this a time where we church? do a sponsor drop, but we try to make it sound casual and conversational so it doesn't sound like it's a sponsor? That's exactly what I was trying to do. Oh, I'm dead coming. I always mess this up. Go ahead. So uh, speaking of the Ignite Conference and sponsor drops and stuff like that, uh, if, if you're in the Southeast Texas area, there is a great leadership conference happening in Jasper on Saturday, April 7th. Uh, doors open at 8, conference starts at 9 a.m. It's called the Ignite Conference, put on by the Sabine Natchez Baptist area. Uh, lots of breakout sessions for pastors, Sunday school teachers, deacons. There's going to be some talks on uh, church security. Like I said, Rusty and I will be doing one on social ministry. Um, and Dr. Richard Blackaby will be the keynote speaker. He'll be doing two talks at that conference. And so you can get more information about that at snbarea.org and look for the link that says Ignite Conference. Or, uh, you know what? We'll put up a link when this podcast goes up. Oh, we'll yeah. We'll put up a link, yeah, we'll up a link in the conference. comments. So we'll uh, be there. Hope to see you there. In really excited about it. We are going to be there doing a conference breakout. We may even have a table handing out cards about our podcast. Just cards. Just, you know, aces and twos. That's right. And yeah, just a deck we're of cards. And we're going to write on the back of it <laughs> at our a week pod. <laughs> that would be the funniest thing. That ever. actually would. Here, want a card? Here, here's so, my card. <laughs> Big shout out to the Ignite Conference and to the Sabine Natchez Baptist area. Uh, we are very thankful for our first sponsor. How about yeah, that? Look at us moving on up. Moving on up. Hey, you know what? Follow Rusty on Twitter at Bro Rusty Mont. And don't follow me on Twitter. Move on up by following Jared at Jared Hallyer. They're not going to. They're like, he's against technology. 
Yeah, I don't even know. I'm when we're done recording this episode, I'm gonna take your phone and throw it down <laughs> as hard as I can and stomp the crud just out of it. it again. I'm not against it. Just you've just hit such rewind a luddite. Isn't that it. isn't that the word luddite? I don't know. Which means like you're just anti everything. I just hate everything. Well, when I drove up today and parked my car beside Jared's horse that he had tied up to the post. <laughs> Y- y'all don't know this, but I'm actually recording through a tomato can. Some <laughs> he is. He is. It's very, he said $200 worth of uh, equipment. That's a lot of tomatoes we've eaten <laughs> together over the months that we've done this podcast. Hey, um, it's amazing that we can sound so good with tomato cans, but that's because of our audio producer, Is This Pado. Follow Thanks, him Pat. at Is This Pado. And hey, come back next week and listen. Hey, Elizabeth, good news. We wrapped this up in 33 minutes, so it's almost a half-hour half episode. But I want to dedicate this last two and a half minutes to you. Y'all have a good one. Talk to you later. Drop the mic. Drop the mic. Drop the mic.